two best friends sip each other to new music, break it down from a slightly skewed musician's perspective, and record it just for you. My name is Rowan Smith. With me, as always, the ever-talented singer-songwriter, Miss Sybil Chanel. Sybil, how the hell are you? Thirsty. Let me sip your whiskey. What's up, Rowan? How you doing? I know. I keep looking back at my glass. I keep looking back at it. Your empty I feel like I'm glass. a stripper. I just keep looking back at it. Hey. <laughs> anyway. I'm good, bro. How are you? Good, man. I'm doing all right. Uh, fucking, how was your week? Yo, man, my week's been great. Um, good. I haven't, I admit I haven't been gigging, which I need to fix that. Yeah. Um, but I've been working on the A Lovely Triangle Project. Oh, good. Working on the events and organizing the events that we have coming up. Awesome. Dancing Room Only, 11-11. Uh, Looking forward to that one. And That's gonna I've be been, a good one, man. I love those dancing room only. You do. They're a lot of fun. They're a good they're, time. They're a lot of fun. We have a good time. I've with only it. been to two uh, of the what four or five that you've thrown. Something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, man, they're packed. Great, great DJs. Great yeah, performers. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's been good. It's time. been cool. Thank good you, time. bro. Yeah, really appreciate absolutely. that. Um, working on that, and I've been writing. And like, I think I mentioned last week when I go that I've been going back and like re like touching on or hashing out old ideas pulling out old stuff pulling out old stuff um trying to avoid a writer's block Mm. slump situation (laughs) you know what i mean so i've been like forcing myself to like pick up the pen and Mm -hmm. like you know what i'm saying or pick up the phone and like drop something yeah just to get an idea out and to keep it keep keep it moving you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but yo what's been happening with you bro uh just getting ready for this new job tying up loose ends at the old job and uh, an album cover that uh, that I designed is coming out on Friday. Uh, John Foles' record, Dr. John's old guitar player, and also an amazing soloist, solo artist in his own right. Uh, does John sing? Yeah, yeah, he does, and he's got a great little like bluesy country kind of voice, man. John's, really? John's, and he's a great songwriter too. On top of being a great guitar player, he's, he's a okay. really well-rounded musician, man. Really, I've only known him as a guitar player. He's a great, he's a yeah. great guitar player and a nice guy. I've been a fan. Like I, I think I've told you the story. Like he's the first musician I saw when I pulled into New Orleans. I drove here with my girlfriend at the time and my brother's ex-girlfriend, oddly enough. And uh, the very first place we all went was to Dosefes, and I saw John Fole playing and you know fast forward whenever it's been 17 years i'm doing this album cover which is wild but uh so that's coming out on friday so be on the lookout for john Foles' hands on you and uh what else has been happening oh yeah we lost fats domino today man yeah which is really sad um, yeah that is sad <sighs> r.i.p fats yeah r.i.p uh, fats domino uh, a, a new great well-known well-respected New Orleans musician and New Orleans legend. Uh, fuck, legend in general, mm, but absolutely. definitely a legend here. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about the generations of people that yeah. his music has touched, I mean, he had hits during my grandparents' day, and he still gets right? play now. Right? Exactly. So, I did, you not know. a week goes by that I don't hear Fats on the radio, on local radio especially. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, definitely. So his... Uh, his presence will be missed. Absolutely, it will. Absolutely, it will. Um, but on the upside, you gave me some really amazing music to listen to this week. I was so happy with the record you gave me. You know what? I'm going to say this. This week, I think we both were happy. Yeah? Good. Yeah, because Good. I enjoyed the album that you gave me. Awesome. Well, I did. I, what, I album, it. what album did I give you, Sybil? You gave me Herbie Hancock, Manchild. Yeah. Uh, what is that? 1975 75. release. Um. I'll talk about it later, but I will say that I enjoyed it. Awesome. 
and uh yeah it's it's it gave me some some moods and some vibes some moods and vibes <laughs> vibes and moods gave me i knew some it was coming moods through. and some vibes <laughs> some vibes and some moods i definitely right on man well uh you what gave, i what i give you you gave me uh bd bell's kubegopic yeah Yo, I like that album. Now, I hadn't heard a BD. Well, I, excuse me. I had heard a BD plenty of times, but I had never dug in at all. Like, I just never, I've heard the name, heard people mention it, never dug in. Holy shit, man. I'm, I'm, I feel like I've been really missing out. Like, you, really missing yo, out. Cause, and the album I gave you is not, you know, I mean, that album I gave you is like from like 03, 04, something like that. 2004. Yeah. So, yeah, you have been, bro. Because that, that album. It's great. It's, it's great. Hot. It is it's great. Hot. It's hot. I have a lot of great things to say about it. Let's uh, let's Rochambeau and see who's going to talk first. Ready? Here we go with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, Wait, I'm not ready. Hold oh, on. Shoot. I got to <clears throat> put my sleeves up here, bro. All let's right. do it. One, da, two, da, three, da. All right. I won finally. Ha. My rock crushed your scissors. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> finally. God damn it. I needed, <gasps> I needed a win, Sybil. I needed dude, this win. <laughs> and you got it, dude. You got it. Your rock totally smashes it. And I'm sitting there like, oh. Oh, damn. I really lost. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. It took a second. I'm like, uh, this isn't right. Let's do this again. Yeah, man. So, uh, all right. So, so Manchild. Herbie Hancock, Manchild, 1975 recording. Yeah. Um, yo, like I said already, I really dug this album. This is a great album. Um, the musicianship mm. on this album is bananas. Right. The arrangements mm. on this album, bananas. Mm. Bananas. N-A-N-A-S. Bananas. <laughs> like what, what Gwen Stefani, was that the way she spells it? B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Well, yeah, the right, well, the, the Gwen the, Stefani. How you spell banana? Well, I know the right way, but that's why <laughs> that's I'm like the Gwen Stefani. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. That's how you spell it. Oh, I thought you said N-N for no, a second. I thought no. I heard you say B-A-N-N. I was like, what? No. But although that, that always does confuse me because I'm always confused as to like how many na-na-nas go on the end of banana. <laughs> <laughs> like how many s- go in Mississippi? How many s- do you put in Mississippi? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Is it I-P-P-I-S-I-S-I? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, this, the, 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 this album, Bananas. Mm. Bananas. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead on and say that. It's pretty. So it's pretty great. just I'm like you, you say, it. you had great things to say about Cuba Gopic. Mm-hmm. I have great things to say about this album. Awesome. Um, why'd you give me this album? Oh, uh, I gave. Like, you why? This. Why? Why was this a thing? This was a thing because, well, first off, because it's Herbie Hancock and he's fucking fantastic. Um, no, I wanted to. I wanted to give you this because uh, I know you like. I know you like funky, groovy shit. And um, I, I know you're also into jazz singers more than instrumental jazz. I'm not saying that you're not a fan of instrumental jazz. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying you know more about instrumental singer, or jazz, jazz singers than yeah, instrumentalists. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to give you something that was instrumental, but also in that funky, moody vein that you like. Um, and this particular series of albums from him, it's like... Uh, Headhunters and uh, Thrust. Thrust is always the one people mention. That's like Headhunters is the one that everybody knows. Thrust is the one that every musician mentions. Manchild is the one that like I feel like real Herbie Hancock listeners love because that's it's the one that not too many people mention. But when they do, I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, you know, you're Herbie. 
um, I found this record at Warehouse Music when it was going out of business. Oh, when Warehouse Music was going out of business, bro, I literally went in there and spent like 50 bucks and I got so many CDs. Went nuts. I went nuts. Dude, I I bought so much shit. 10 cent CDs and shit. Yeah, man, I went in there with 50 bucks and cleaned up. Yo, I did the same. I did the same. And this was one of the records that I picked up. Uh, because I, I, again, like I said, I had the headhunters records, I had thrust, um, and I had up into the eighties, uh, with, with future shock, but this man child record also what caught me was the album art. The album art is a bit more sophisticated than some of the other things that he had done in the seventies. I feel like it's, it's trippy and it's psychedelic, but it's a little bit more refined than some of the cartoony stuff on say like a headhunters record or on, uh, on thrust. So, and me being a graphic designer, I gravitated towards this, the album art as well. The album art is cool. It is. Uh, but yeah, when I got this record home, man, I just, I played it out. The drum patterns on it, the arrangements, everything. I think it's one of his best records. I love Herbie. Um, it is a great record. Yeah. The album art, um, it is great. It, I mean, it, it is cool. It is eye-catching. But uh, it also gives me a little touch of, and now it's time for Deep Thoughts mm. by Jack Handy. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? You remember that skit? Uh, of course I do. Dude, it gives me a little bit of that. It gives it's, me... it's very serene looking. Yeah, it's you know? cool though. It's very cool. Cal- it's a very calming looking album cover. I love it. Uh, anyway, um, all right. So that's why you gave me the the, the, the album. I, yeah, I gave it to you because I wanted you to, I wanted to talk about jazz with you, but I wanted to talk about instrumental instrumental jazz with you, but I wanted it to be something funky that I knew you'd love. So this was it. I'm I'm into this album. You did a you did a good job with this good. one. This was a good pick. Good. Um, what's, what's the first track? You the first talk tune about? I want to talk. Actually, I'm going to talk about the songs I like in succession <laughs> because them shits are back to back to back. Oh, great! So great. in succession, I'm going to talk about my shits. Uh, we're going to start with the second track on this album mm. called Sun Touch. <laughs> First things first, I have to say that uh, there's a whimsicalness Mm. to the key 
to the keys or the roads. Is that a roads? That sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. So that that roads sound mm. um, that immediately drew me in. Yeah. As well as um, just there's a whimsicalness to the entire beginning of this tune. Oh yeah, the that, the 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 way the melody moves. Yeah, real, it's, it's it's it's, really, it's unexpected. Yeah, unexpected. And then uh, I like follow. the way that it develops. Mm. And I like I feel like it unfolds. Absolutely. Um, the horns come in, and it's different horns with different sounds mm -hmm. at different times. And while all of that's happening, he low key brings in the roads, the solos, the yeah. solos. He brings in that roads, and it complements everything. Like you don't the other things pull out, and you notice it, but it's not jarring. It's all just smooth and effortless. It's so whole, smooth. It's it's Perfect like way to describe it. It's just it's it's effortless and really really flowy and the changes they're subtle but noticeable. I love the moments when the percussion is introduced. It's like at these little quiet little unexpected times and so it always stands out and it's always like just that extra sprinkle of salt on some tasty ass fucking food. Ah uh, yes. It's like, "Ooh, it's like, yo, this is a good meal, man. This is some it's just tasty. Mm -hmm. And somebody's like, you know what, though? It needs a little salt. And you're like, all right, I'll try it. You put a little salt. You're like, oh, shit. Mm, fucking A. More food analogies brought to you by Highly Heard. Hey, food is important. <laughs> all you motherfuckers eat. Hey. Anyway, so yeah. Um, the, the Like I mentioned, the changes. So basically, I guess I'm saying that the arrangement of this mm -hmm. tune makes me happy. Um, the drummer. Yes. The drummer yes, and his hi-hat. Talk about it. The drummer and his hi-hat. James Gadson. They never separate. <clears throat> James Gadson is the drummer. He's uh Ha, there it is. Okay, I'm like, we wait. Got, we got uh, Mike Clark and James Gadson. That's who I saw, Mike Clark. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's the first name that I saw pop up. I'm okay, like, wait, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we've got both of these guys yeah. on the album. Um, but okay, Gadson, I guess you were the predominant drummer on this well, thing. I can't say. I, I see that. Are... Well, it says that Mike was a guest artist. Oh, okay. So he Mike may Clark. have done, yeah, Mike Clark might have done like a tune or two. Right. But it says drums straight up Mr. Gadsden. So Mr. Gadsden, mm. you are appreciated, sir. Absolutely. Um, Your pocket, sir. <laughs> your pocket. It's His deep. pocket. It's deep. It's deep. It's deep. Mm. And he's he's good times. Yeah. He's good times with it. Um, the hits. In this. You mean those little accentuation, yeah, accentuating those, notes? Yeah, those hits. Yeah. Those hits. They're hits, but again, they're super smooth. They are. Not jarring. There's so much activity and movement. And there's so... Each each artist or each, each player on this tune is doing a million and one fucking things. And it all works and it all flows. And there's never a conflict. Everybody's consistently moving. Yeah. Like this album... Just seems like he got together with a bunch of his friends. Yeah. And was like, yo, y'all, I wrote these tunes. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, let's freak this shit. And everybody mm. was like, yeah, man, fucking right. Yeah. Well, that's what it, throughout the 70s, well, here's what happened with those cats. Like, in the late 60s, everybody got into LSD and shit. And they started doing like. Shout out to psychedelics. Right? Here, here. <laughs> uh, he. They. Well, all these jazz cats started doing really freaky shit, man. Way out there shit. Like uh, Miles put out Bitches Brew and In a Silent Way and like all this really heavy experimental stuff. And uh, Herbie was right along with him. Fair enough. And then when they came out of it, like in in the world, and that's another thing I love about Herbie. He's kind of like a, a Stevie Wonder in a way. He always moved with the times. 
and when he the did. 70s he came through did. and funk music and disco started hitting, he started doing this shit. It was still undeniably jazz, but it was this new kind of fusion that he was bringing in with like funk and disco elements, which he would also right. do later in the 80s with Future Shock, uh, with all the synthesizers. Right. Uh, but yeah, this was his, this was that time when they were kind of coming out of the heroin and, and hallucinogenics of the 60s and early Is 70s. Is heroin a hallucinogenic? No. no okay. But I'm saying heroin and. Ah, okay. Slash. I'm like, wait a minute. Heroin. Yeah, no, nah, uh, heroin, heroin's big. It was big in jazz, man. It was. It was, it was super it was big. Huge. Super uh, big. Probably still is in a lot of circles. And uh, it was really big, as was is Coke. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. So uh, in the 70s, uh, he started moving into these more funk-oriented tunes, uh, but they still have those really heavy jazz changes and jazz chords and jazz feelings. They do. You know, he would he would write the tune, and then, like you said, it sounds like the musicians were given room to play with not necessarily the form, but within the form. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Uh, it's I mean, yeah, it's a great great piece. Uh, there's also moments in this song, especially in the beginning, where the music is cinematic to me. Oh, there's absolutely. elements, there's like moments of it where I swear to God, it brings me back and it makes me think that like I'm listening to like Peter and the Wolf. Yeah, well, that last track reminded me of like French noir cinema, like 70s French noir. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to mention that this album has, I mean, it's Herbie Hancock, so you can't be surprised that there's like heavy hitters on it. Mm-hmm. But um, there is Bill Summers. Yes. Hey, there. Got to mention Bill Summers. Bill you know? Summers, yeah. Um, there's also Stevie Wonder on this album. Really? Yeah, he plays harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And what did I say about slide harmonica? Right, right. Yeah. You hear it, you think Stevie. Yeah. Well, on this album, when you yeah. hear it, it's freaking Stevie. Stevie. Wayne Shorter's on this album. Yeah. Um, and that's just a couple of, of folks that are on it. But I just, it's like, hey, you know, like just a bunch of essentially heavy hitter legendary ass mm-hmm. motherfuckers mm-hmm. just getting together yep vibing and when i hear names like that i gotta throw my uncle mike's name in there my uncle mike recorded an album with herbie and uh john abercrombie and uh yeah to know that my uncle mike was was playing with heavy hitters like that it's uh it's it's heartening to yeah, say man, that's, that'd you be dope that's dope yeah um the next tune that I'd like to talk about yes. is the song right after that, mm-hmm. number three, The Traitor. Thank you. 
first things first, that slide into the baseline. Mm, right? Already, I was like, oh shit. Mm. Ooh, yeah. I love that fucking sound. <laughs> so I was already like, oh shit, where are we going? Soon as it kicks in mm -hmm. with the bass, the drums, and I think it's a clav. Uh, he's got a few sounds. There's like, here. Yeah, it sounds like there's a synth. Yeah, sounds there's like a few there was things a clav popping. in the beginning, a Rhodes there somewhere. Yeah. Well, as soon as all that pops in, I'm like, oh shit, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, the first time I checked this out, I checked it out in my car on the way home. Mm. And I'm like riding, and this came on, and I'm like, oh shit. And then next thing you know, I'm like tapping my brakes to the fucking beat, like, ah, uh, <laughs> which is a thing that I do uh, on a regular basis. I'd hate um, to be behind you. Fuck them. Anyway, so, um,. <laughs> so, the, mentioning that the first thing that grabbed me and drew me into this tune was uh, the bass line. Shout out to the bassist, Henry Davis. Yeah, man. Henry Davis is getting it on this track. Yeah, Henry Henry did his thing. Uh -huh. um, Herbie's going in right now Herbie, with, this, with the, the, Herbie's the going synth in with situations. The synth, this, that synth solo of his is nuts on this track. Mm. Again, I love the hits or mm -hmm. the breaks whatever you want to call them the what is that the head yeah so the head the head of this joint is is good like it it makes me happy yeah um again this we, we i mentioned the musicianship obviously if you listen to this record you'll hear that it is fucking smashing there's not much more i can say mm -hmm. about that this this, this album moves. has no lyrics so i can't <laughs> say shit about lyrical prowess um i can simply say that the compositions um, are dope. Like Herbie wrote some badass shit. The, the especially on that track before this one, the comp was amazing. And then on this one, just the groove, the, the undeniable. Gro the groove. groove is, yeah. You, this is all the funk. Oh, it's relentless. This is all the funk. Relentlessly funk. If you can't bob your head to this, your soul's broken. Right, right. That's, or you have none. Man, I'm so glad you like. But this if record. you if you can't bob your head to that, you you're broke. Yeah, you're just man. you're broken. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be an asshole, but if you can't bob your head to it, check yourself. Yeah, man. I love that you're saying this, because like, for a while there, you were kind of lukewarm on a lot of the records I was giving you, and the fact that you're super into this one makes me so happy. Makes me Because this is one of my, again, this is one of my like all-time favorite fusion records, man. I love this record. It's a great record. Now, I will say that there are points in this tune, as much as I love it, there are points in this tune where Herbie goes... A little... He goes out there. He goes a little far synth. Like I said, they were coming... He, oh, too much synth. He goes a little far synth. Ah. A little too... High-pitched, yeah. yeah. nearly Thurman-esque type yeah. songs, or Theremin-esque yeah. songs, sounds, yeah. <clears throat> is what I meant to say. Theremin-esque sounds. For me, sometimes it sounds like rocket ships. Sometimes it sounds like a Parliament Funkadelic that's what he's going type for. of thing. And I get it. Yeah. I get it. And I, I understand that that's the aesthetic, and he brought it. But it's not my favorite aspect of the record. Right. I like that this record is essentially it's it's essentially fucking 70s disco pop, like drug infused disco pop studio 54 vibe jazz. I can I I can dig it. It is. You I know what I mean? Because like this is funky. Like yeah. this this song. I bet you this fucking song got some love at somebody's. You this, know what I mean? This record and these few records that he put out in succession, uh, they give me everything from the '70s that were great. Like you've got you've got the undeniable 
jazziness of Herbie himself. But then he also gives you like, well, like you said, like a thematic film score kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. But then he'll also give you Mm -hmm. everything from the 70s that made the 70s great, like funky, groovy, colorful, intergalactic, fantastic, you know, imaginative. Everything you think of when you think uh, what the mood of the 70s would have been, this record gives it to you. That's even reflected in the album art. Um, right. Yeah. The Traitor. Good ass joint. Yeah. Good ass joint. Um, the groove. Funky as all get out. I think it's, for me, I think it's the funkiest song on the record. To me, it's the funkiest tune on the record. I would agree. I'm not um, going to disagree with that. The next song mm-hmm. that I would like to talk about is the song right after The Traitor. And it's called now this is, Bubbles. This is my favorite tune on the record. So I'm going to say my shit that you laugh at me for. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. The, this song immediately sets a mood. Mm, mood that mood, like mood. guitar walk down thing. Yeah. That that little like, guitar waterfall thing that yeah, happens. Cascade, like, whatever it is. That was like such a sound back in that it was. time. It was. That was such a thing, man. Like I heard that and immediately I thought go outside in the rain. Yeah. Because uh, it has that same mm-hmm. in the beginning. Anyway, um. This this immediately just soothes me. Mm. It's a very soothing tune. I, I, it's I super sexy. Right. It's also so super sexy. sexy. Super sexy and sexy. Super super sexy. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. This is one of those like yeah. You got you got yeah. the lights down low. You're yeah. getting down with your significant other. Yeah. Either that or you're on a mushroom trip. But in either case, you're happy. <laughs> yeah. And if you use this music as background music for your lovemaking. You better know what you're doing. You better be a goddamn pro. <laughs> I agree. Right? I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put this track on. I'm like, oh, it's about to go down. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, again, this song has cinematic moments. Mm. Uh, when the strings come in, it becomes mad cinematic to me. Um, other than that, this song... It sounds like it could have been in a love scene of a black exploitation movie. Mm-hmm. I see that. Um, 
which makes me happy. Uh, a superfly or a dolomite? Well, not a dolomite. Uh, not a dolomite. Too, no, it's too no. good for that. <laughs> and like, it could have been like a. It, you know what? This song sounds like. It seems like it should have been like a part of Shaft. You know what? It reminds me of. It reminds me of the the bathtub scene in Superfly. Okay. You remember that when he a was getting bit. down with his girl a in, the, bit. in the tub and like. If this music gives me that vibe, it was all sexy and soapy. This is sexy. Yeah. And could be soapy. Bubbles. I'm into this. Um, again, my bass man comes through. Mm. This this song is heavy bass. Um, I didn't mention, I did say that I appreciated that it was saxy, but I didn't mention my saxophonist. Saxophonist. <laughs> um, there's a few people who play saxophone mm-hmm. on this album. So I will be honest and say that I'm not sure if it was any of these guys. Shout, it was one of them, man. Shout them all out because they're but all great. There they're was great. Wayne Shorter played sax on this album. Yes. Um, uh, a, a gentleman named Ernie Watts. Yes, Ernie. Played, played sax on this album. Um, Jim Horn also played sax on this album. Apropos name. Um, <laughs> fair enough. <clears throat> That's pretty true. Um, so yeah, those are the three people who played sax. I wish I could tell you specifically who who did this who track. did this right here. Yeah, but we unfortunately don't have the uh, actual album in front of us, ladies and gentlemen. We've just got a list of credits that don't get as specific, any more specific than yes, these people are on the record. But we've got yeah. like three or four different saxophonists, but they're all amazing. So you know, I mean, they had all. to be. They all got to work with Herbie Hancock. Right, that's what I'm saying. So they couldn't yeah. have been too fucking shabby. So yeah, this tune, this is one of those tunes that doesn't have too much of, too many changes. Not as many, it's not as uh, complicated arrangement-wise as that first one that you played. It isn't. Uh, but this is again, like, it's it's a great bed, it, they lay down a great groove, and the musicians do a beautiful job soloing over top of it. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's so sexy and so smooth and uh, masterful. It's, it's serene and peaceful. It's, yeah, it's it's mood, mood, vibe, vibe, dude. But you know what? This whole record, this whole record is mood, mood, vibe, mood. So if you had to, if you had to give me your overall, I mean, I know what your thoughts are on these three songs, but what are your thoughts on the overall album? Overall, I think this album is excellently executed. Um, the compositions on this record are dope. Um, fuck, the musicians are badass. There are, there's like, one song that I like straight up was like, all right. Really? Yeah. There was one song where I was like, all right, all right. Aww. It's cool, but all right, I'm going to keep this it is moving. One of those, there's not a skipper on this. There, the, 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 I think the song after this, I was kind of like, really? Yeah. That's, that's um, too bad. But the first song and the last song I like. Okay. Uh, Hang Up Your Hang Ups. Yeah. I, I just honorable mention to that. Yeah. That's another funky ass joint. That pulled me in. That's the first song on the album. And that was what kept me going mm-hmm. um but i guess um those are my three tunes and if i had to rate the record which is i guess where we're yeah. at with it yeah i would totally give this this record a solid a like overall even with a skipper i'll give it a solid a because it takes me places i like music that takes me places and this takes me places it also gives me it it gives me its time Um, And I'll explain what I mean by that. This album feels like I envision 1975 feeling. This album um, 
this album encompasses just about all of the things that I have always associated with the music of that time. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, while still giving me, obviously, jazz. Yeah, yeah, it's the foundation of the whole thing. Um, but again, like I was saying about about Stevie and about so many artists that uh, remain in my my you know top twenty or whatever it is list is that uh, they've been around for such a long time because they're able to absorb all the things around them. They, they don't get stuck. Uh, and Herbie's one of those guys. He absorbed everything that was happening then and gave it to us in in, uh, in his own non-verbal way. form. You yeah, know what I mean? through, in his own his, way. Uh, through his compositions and his arrangements. And I really like vocals. Obviously, I'm a vocalist. I, I seek out vocalists. I seek out strong vocalists. Um, I give a fuck about lyrics big time. Um, but I... That's why I'm always worried about giving you an instrumental album. I, I think that vocals would have taken away mm-hmm. from this. Oh, definitely. From this album. Definitely. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm actually okay with not, with it not having vocals, with it being an instrumental thing. Sybil actually preferred not hearing vocals. I did. Nuts. I did. Yeah, I did. I admit. So, yeah. Um... Herbie Hancock, Manchild, from Sybil Chanel, straight up A. Um, right on. What do you think? I was, uh, you gave it to me, so you better give it something. Man, good. this is one of my favorite records of all time. This is A plus plus. Like I love this record. <laughs> I love this record. Uh, all of these, like I said, this series from Herbie in the mid '70s was just uh, very influential on me and 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 my life and the way that I listen to music and the things that I love about music. This was kind of a an introduction to. Uh, a lot of these records were an introduction into a lot of ways that music can be used and the different the different combinations you can put together and how to put them together and the right way to do something versus the wrong way to do something so and that's what I got I mean Herbie is just a Herbie and the people that he worked with all those years were just they're teachers to me um, indeed you know what I mean I, I get that yeah um, I uh, I have not really I, I've never really I've heard things from Herbie but mm-hmm. I've never listened to I've never done any research on him I've really? never gone back and listened to old Herbie I heard I grew up in the 80s so I did of course hear tunes of Herbie's from the 80s mm-hmm. obviously in the 80s he had like he had some super hits um and those those yeah, yeah those songs that song I was definitely introduced to but this was my introduction mm-hmm. to him like for real introduction Right and on. I'm happy to give it I, to you. Yeah, and I'm happy to have met him in this way. Right on. I, right I'm on. I'm good with this. This makes album me makes me want to check out other things. Well, similarly, the album that you gave me did the exact same thing. Huzzah! I was pissed at myself that I didn't dig into this earlier, man. I was like, where the fuck have I been? <laughs> uh, BD Bell's 2004 release, Kubek Opik. Uh, it's like a jazz, R&B, soul Neat. We'll just say it's a neo soul fusion thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely, it is. So, how'd you uh, how'd you find this record? What's this record mean to you, Sid? So, this 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 record. Well, actually, this artist was introduced to me by a friend of mine in California, um, a little random acquaintance by the name of Mark. Uh-huh. Um, Mark was a fantastically little. He was a fantastic little queer man who took a 
liking to my ex-wife and I. Ah. And we would go over to his place and we would have dinner and we would listen to music. And Sounds he, lovely. right, it was really cool. And uh, he was big into Laura Nero and he thought that my ex-wife resembled her, favored her, whatever. And so he would always like, we would get into these musical, like not debates, ah. but like he, we would, he'd always want to show me new music because he always felt like I showed him new music. So uh, he was like, oh, he's like, I've got this song that I think you're going to like. And I'm like, okay, let's try it out. And he puts it on. And it's not a song that's on this album. Okay. But it's uh, a song that uh, the group has called Here on the Ground. And it's the same kind of vibe. All right. But I don't think it's on this record. Maybe it is on this record, actually. I think it is on this record. I take that back. I think it is on this record. Anyway, I heard that song first. And... It was right in the vibe of, and there we go again, mood, mood, vibe, vibe. <laughs> but it was totally in the vibe and vein of the music that I tell you that I dig. Mm. This like acid jazz, because yeah. that's the genre that they call it, this acid jazz thing. Um, and as soon as I did, as soon as I heard that song and I found out who made it, I immediately went and like dug up some stuff and I came across this piece. And I fucking rocked this album. I don't blame you. So hard. I fell in love with it. Like I said, I was so, so surprised that I came to it so late in life. I Man. Was so surprised. That I, I, I mean, I came to it relatively, well, not as late as you, my love. But I <laughs> came to, I, I came to this, I, I got to know about this record. I think it was like 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. might have even been 2008, but I think it was more like 2006, 2007. Right. Um, so I didn't hear it as soon as it dropped, but... Nonetheless, um, heard that song. The song pulled me in, dug up the artist, found some stuff, and here we are. Yeah, It's man. a great fucking piece of work, I She's, think. Her, I'm going to get into this, but her lyric writing is top notch. Not just her lyric writing, but her storytelling, the way she sets a scene, not just with her vocals, but with the music. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece. The first one I want to talk about illustrates that perfectly. It's called Shadow, off the 2004 release Kube Gopic on Jazzland Records. I can see your shadow every night From the lights of your window Reflecting on the Outside my in this song though is the story uh she sees the shadow of her upstairs neighbor on the street outside her apartment and through watching this man's shadow she falls in love with him it's pretty sweet and she gets jealous when she sees other shadows there she knows when he's sleeping eating crying uh a little creepy 
by a little, a, a little creepy, but what an amazing idea for a song. Yeah. Right? I mean, what a beautiful, because I can see it. I can see, I can see the music video for this, as it were, because what a beautiful story. Um, and what a beautiful, what a beautiful mind she has, number one, to write a story like this, to come up with a concept like that. And also what a beautiful character she's presenting to us that would fall in love with a man's shadow. Right. Uh, and then, and then the music is so smooth and expertly played by who I really couldn't tell you. Couldn't find any credits. Couldn't find any credits on this record. <laughs> <sighs> I love it. By who? I cannot tell you. Yeah, man. There's, I couldn't find credits anywhere for this record, but, uh, yeah, shadow is kind of where it's at for me. The story, the walking baseline, uh, it's got, it's got a thing, man. This walking bass line really gets me. Um, and the way the horns come in, and then she she tacks on the theme, I can see your shadow every night in the background at the end of her verses or even in the middle as kind of a call and response type of thing. It works out beautifully. It works out beautifully. This is a really beautiful tune and a really beautiful record. Mm -hmm. um, I agree with you. The story is great it's well thought out um the lyricism throughout this whole record is is dope it's poignant as fuck well thought out and you get everything yeah, yeah. you know what i mean now this record does suffer from some things that that jazz vocalists do which is kind of like an aversion to the catchy like they don't jazz singers especially jazz singers like her don't necessarily like catchy things they, they always find odd melodies to sing, odd jazzy progressions to sing. This is one of the catchier songs on the record. This one has like a catchy little melody um, and the bass line, you can grab onto it. It's not moving around so crazy that it's like, you know, what is the melody? Um, but yeah, this, this song was put together really, really well all the way around. Now, I know you couldn't find any credits. Yeah. Um, but I can say that the band... BD Bell is made up of three people. It's the singer, uh -huh. Beat, her husband, um, I think his name's like Marlon, Marlo, Marius. Okay. And uh, he plays bass um, and on drums, it's a gentleman named Eric Holm. Ah, okay. So well, she sings and then she also composes. All right. And the husband does bass and programming i'm kind of bummed out to hear there's a husband <laughs> there is one there is a husband there is but the voice makes you want to be like hey baby right how you doing and that's what i mean like it's just the way she sings is sexy and she's also not so showy she can sing her ass off but she's not she's like a sade or something man just yeah she keeps it so smooth. cool so smooth you know she's got talent under there, but she's not showing off. She's just doing what's right for the song and what's right for the groove and the mood of the tune. I agree with that. Um, she does have vocal skill, but she doesn't do too much. She lets her vocals complement yeah. things as opposed. They're not like they're obviously like a, a focal point or, a, you know, but she lets them complement mm -hmm. the music. Mm -hmm. And so it all, when the music comes in, there's nothing jarring about it. It's all a smooth flow. Even her, her tone yeah. is very mellow. 
Yeah. And so it just, it vibes well. She's, she's, she's singing lead, but she's also complimenting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I she's agree. A ba- she's, a, she's a background instrument. She's an instrument, she, but that, and that's what I mean though. She is presenting herself as, or her voice as a part of the band. It's not something that's overpowering any other part of the band. True you that. Know, it's not like, hey, look at me. I'm the lead singer and I'm the important part here. It's, hey, check out this band with this, with what happens to be a great singer. True that. Uh, The next track I want to talk about is called April Fool. Um, And again, the lyrics on this are just fantastic. This is only a paper moon. This is only a toy story. This is all just cheap cartoon yet somehow somehow I worry this is only a wind up car only made for a costume ball this is on Jazzland Records this song it is the perfect example of less is more simple can be just as effective as over the top it definitely says that it definitely shows you that simplicity works yo okay so we've got what sounds like just a sequenced electronic drum riff in the background it just sounds like a loop like some kind of a sequenced electronic loop and then they're just doing these simple one to two note bass riff over top of it with this cute piano riff and uh and this sax solo is so on top man it's so great wish i knew who was doing the sax solo and he, again he's not he's not showing off either nope he's, he's not showing off either they, these are respectful musicians, man. Nobody's stepping on anybody's toes. Everybody is servicing the music. Everybody's doing what's right by these tunes. And, uh, I agree. Oh, man, it's just right. It's all just right. The balance is just right. In fact, I'll go, I'll, I will go on record and say that I bought this record. I put my hard-earned money down. I bought this whole record. You bought it? Yeah. Sweet. I love this record. It's a great record. It's worth it. God damn, it's good. Um, lyrically, this song... The theme of the song. It's haunting, it's painful, utterly truthful, painfully truthful. Um, speaking about the fragility and the, the thinness of, of things, the, the, the thin veneer and what we, what we impose, the meaning and the importance of things that we, uh, that we impose upon them that doesn't really exist. It's all just an April Fool. Yeah, the line that I like in in this song is, uh, "I wish I could be as cool when reality bites." 
I like that line. I do. Yeah, that's a good one. I really like her description of the fragility of it all. This is just a paper book. This is just a toy story. Um, it's all so, so spot on. It's great. This is, I, I have to, I agree with you on, I mean, first of all, I'm biased already. I gave you this record, so you know I'm already into it. Yeah. So you can't really say anything that I'm going to be like, yeah, nah, I don't think that's what's up. Um, you're right. The the lyricism on this tune is good. It pulls you in. It makes you interested. You want to know what she's saying and where it's going. You want to hear it and figure it the fuck out. Um, you're also, I agree with you on the fact that everybody compliments everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the vibe of this album never changes. There's a consistent mellowness throughout it. Even on what I consider to be the, the active tunes, um, which I won't mention. Cause, but nonetheless, um, even on those, the intensity is still, yeah. you know, the, the intensity is still mellow. It's still, it's deep, but it's, I don't know, it's like pensive thought. It's you, what deep. else did you say that about? You said that about, no, you said that about Bahamadia. Oh yeah, yeah. She 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 plays with pensive thoughts. She just mm. says a whole bunch of shit that you're like, and and this 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 woman does the same thing. Mm. She says a lot. Um, I appreciate when vocalists use their vocabulary well, yeah. in songs versus. Yeah. I mean, like, don't get it twisted. You can always do simple things, and they are great, and they mm. can be great. Mm. But I like it when people do a little bit more but it's still simple i'm i'm way into poetry i want i want analogy i want simile i want metaphor i want uh as much like uh wordplay as possible give me like clever give me out there give me weird or give me uh bukowski give me just punch in your face raw straightforward (laughs) You know what I'm saying? As straightforward as you can possibly be. Uh, but For two make seconds, it, I thought you said Bukaki, and I was like, wait Ew. a fucking minute. <laughs> we are taking a dangerous turn, sir. Bukowski, darling. <laughs> I, 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 just, I looked up for a second like, uh, hold on, oh. hold on, brother. This is, this is too much. I'm, I'm a little, wait a minute. You're friskier than I need to know right now. <laughs> that is not frisky. That is, that is wrong-headed hey <laughs> to some people that's frisky you can't judge people's frisky nah, but anyway man, continue bukowski shit. not bukaki oh wait bukaki no okay bukaki is not shit no okay then it's not as wrong-minded as i thought <laughs> as i said you can't judge people's frisk right but i wasn't even i i I, yeah, but we digress. We digress. Right? The, ne- the next tune that uh, that I think I'm going to talk about is called uh, Bella. Now, uh, for whatever reason, on this album, I picked the songs that uh, either had an amazing theme to me, uh, uh, great, you know, lyrics. Um, they all do, but this one in particular, the story of Bella, really spoke to me. This is totally a story too. Oh, it's beautiful too. When Bella came home, she wasn't recognized. She must have changed a lot. She realized she feels new. She 
started over again in his life I had to start over again you know like five years ago four years ago uh, I started over again from scratch and I got to a point after a couple years where I felt like the mood of this song you know the, the fresh start the uh, the freedom as it were you know hey man I know the tune's about a chick but I fucking relate you know what do you, what do you want me to say I mean I get it I, I, I mean, I have not, I don't know that when I moved back home, people didn't recognize me. I know I was, I was different. I know I'm a different person. No, I, I mean, I mean, but have you like, I mean, I guess you did. I mean, you started over again. I totally did. In, in Oakland, I had to completely redefine. Yeah. Okay. Well. But no, I, 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 I get it. This, I, I agree with you. This is a good story. Um, I like this song because it's one of the more up-tempo tracks on here. But again, it never changes the vibe. It's a total dance tune, but it's still mellow as fuck. It's still super mellow. Yeah. <laughs> super mellow. It's like there's a, you could straight up like cut all kinds of rugs mm-hmm. to this, or you could take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. It's uh, now I picked the catchiest songs to talk about. Catchy is kind of my thing. I love a tune with a catchy melody. All three of the songs I picked are by far the catchiest songs in this record. Don't I disagree. This I record disagree. Is great. No, this record is great. But the rest of these tunes, the melodies on them are way out. They're way jazzy. They're they're not they're not like the three songs I picked here, when you start the melody, I would be able to finish it halfway through because they're that catchy. The rest of them, they're unexpected. They go in weird places. I disagree. This my favorite song on here is Wounded Pride and you can totally catch it. I'm not saying you can't catch it. I'm just saying that it's not as catchy. It's not one of the catchiest songs in this record. She has a propensity to go for the um, the unexpected melodies. Like, oh, you think I'm going to go here? Well, I'm actually going to go here and do this weird jazz dissonant thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I love the sentiment behind this song. Just the... the um, the uplifting nature of the story and the bass line moves along with that uh, 
What is that? It sounds like a Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Moves along with that Rhodes really nicely, and they keep it trucking with the drums. It's uh, all around, man. This is a great tune with a great story, and uh, I relate to Bella. Fuck, what do you want me to say? <laughs> Fuck you, man. I relate to Bella. Hey, I'm man, not afraid it's cool. to say it. It's I'm, cool. man, I'm man enough to say I relate to Bella. Get it. Yeah, man. That's all right. Yes. Little Bella inside you is okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say Bella isn't. No. <laughs> I don't have a Bella inside <laughs> By any means. <laughs> I don't know, man. Seeing you cross those legs and have a drink a couple times. <laughs> That's just because I'm sophisticated, darling. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> that's my, that's my, I'm getting ready to pontificate stance. Okay, okay, pontificate. So look, here's a question. Pontificate on your grade for this album. Yeah, all right. This album is a fucking solid A, right up the middle. I'm not going to give it the plus um, because, like I said, she suffers from that thing that too many jazz singers suffer from, which is like an aversion to the catchy. Um but they do give it to me enough that I love this record. It's, I mean, even if you don't, even if you're into things that are like super catchy the whole way through, like this record has enough of it that you'll like, but it also, this is also kind of like a gateway album into jazz. If you ever want to like start dipping a toe, just dipping a toe into some, into, into like jazzy shit, this is a good way to go because you also, it's got, it's got a pop sensibility to it. But uh, it's undeniably jazz and and uh, well acid jazz as you would call it. Um, I think there's a little bit more. There's a there's some soul spice in there. Um, there's a it's there's a lot of ingredients in the, on this record. But overall, yeah, you're right. It's it's acid jazz. Um, the stories, fucking masterfully told. The singing, all complimentary to the great musicians that are complimenting the singing right back. It's just such a great balance, man. Thank you so much for giving me this record. Solid A. Bam. Um, I give the album a solid A as well, yeah. actually. Um, awesome. Lyricism is on point. Um, the music is on point. It's not like ridiculously impressive, but it's well done. It's well yeah. executed. Um, I totally dig her vocals. And I dig the vibe and the movement in this music. And as I always say... The mood and the vibe of this record <laughs> works for the Sybil. So it is also a solid A for me. Right on, man. Well, uh, that's two A's for Beatty Bell's 2004 release on Jazzland. Um, Kube Gopic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a it's a A, uh, a A and an A plus plus. Goddamn right. For Herbie Hancock. Manchild, 1975. 1975. Yeah. Yeah, 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 man. So, uh, yeah. Well, Sybil, that'll do it for episode nine. Episode nine. Episode nine. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you hear, if you have some thoughts about it, if you want to share your uh, opinions on the albums, yes. or if you want to just give us some feedback in general, hit us up on Twitter at Heard Highly. Hit us up on Instagram, Highly Heard. Uh, we're on Facebook. Just fucking Google us. Highly heard. All of that shit will come up. Pick your social media platform or all of them and reach out to us. Um, if you are interested in getting to know a little smidgen more about us as musicians, feel free to check out my project, The Lovely Triangle. Um, and Rowan and I have a project that we do together called The Asylum Chorus. 
Um, and Rowan, where can they find your music and your art? They can find my music uh, if you just Google M-C-K-N-O-W-O-N-E. MC No One. Uh, or just look me up, No One, on Spotify and on iTunes. Uh, check out my artwork at rowansmithdesigns.com and uh, on Instagram at Rowan Smith Projects and also my group Neon Void. Uh, we just dropped a couple singles. We got another one coming soon. I'm doing all the cover art for it and I'm the main rapper on it with my homegirl Jess Hudak, singer-songwriter and producer. Um, Sybil. I think this was a good episode. These were amazing records. Thank you again for this record. I agree. Um, I think we both appreciated the albums that we Mm -hmm. got. Thanks -hmm. for introducing me to Herbie. Oh, absolutely. I got more coming too. I got more Herbie for you. I got a lot more. I'm down with Herbie. Thanks for that intro. I'm happy that you were, were pleased to meet uh, Yo, Beady Bell. Kube Gopic is where it's at. I hope the rest of her. I hope the rest of their uh, catalog is just it's as comparable. good because I'm digging. I'm digging in. I'm digging in. Go ahead. Sure. Go ahead and investigate. Sure. Let me know what you think about something. We can talk about that. Absolutely, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Next week, we're gonna have uh, no theme. Next week again, we're just doing really good albums. Uh, I'm gonna give you Blazing Arrow from Black Alicious 2002 on Quantum Projects. Okay. I'm going to give you uh, K Trinata, uh-huh. 99.9%, uh, 2016. Now, I don't know what record label, That's but I, right. can, I can find that out, I'm sure. But at the moment, I don't know the record label. That's all right. But I'm going to give you K Trinata's 2016 release, 99.9%. Sounds interesting. I'm looking forward to it, man. So, yeah, folks, listen along if you are so inclined. Uh, hit us up online. Let us know what you thought. And, uh, yeah, come back next week to hear what we had to say about these records, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of Episode 9 of Holly Heard, the podcast where we dig for music so you don't have to. Yeah. Peace. and dudettes bros <laughs> dudes bros and chicks wait no <laughs> bros hoes and questionables <laughs> bros hoes and questionables right. <laughs> that's the new one <laughs> bros hoes and questionables <laughs> you are now tuned in too i like that bros, bros hoes, hoes and, and questionables, questionables. <laughs> <laughs> i like that That's a good one. That's a good one.